What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner. And today we are talking about online calculators and macro formulas and why they may not be the most effective and why, what you should do instead, really, most importantly, how do we use those numbers instead of being abused by those numbers? And really, I just wanted to talk about this like conceptually from a big picture point of view, but then also give you some real life examples of why these formulas and calculators fall flat most of the time and how to use that information more productively. Um, I hopefully didn't run out of steam in this episode. I was struggling a little bit with lack of sleep. So I don't want to plant that seed in your mind. And then you're going to be waiting for me to crash and burn during the episode. I gave it my best. Hopefully it was good enough. But if it wasn't, I apologize. If you enjoy the content, please, I always love to hear about it. Just shoot me a message on Instagram. It's at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner. And if you can take a screenshot of the episode and post it to your stories, that always means the world to me. I truly do appreciate it every single time and try to reshare whenever I can. Enjoy the episode. All right, let's get this party started. So we've got another training. Um, For those of you who are listening on the podcast, thank you for tuning in. As always, I greatly appreciate it. And for those of you who are live with me on Facebook right now, it is always great to see how many of you jump in for these Monday trainings that we do every single week, literally every single week, Monday, five o'clock Eastern, uh, five o'clock PM Eastern time. So if you want to join us in the Facebook group, even if you can't make these trainings, you should still join the group. All you have to do is search personality, diet, and neurotype training, and you can join because there is a ton of amazing content in this group, if I may say so myself. Um, it's it's just a fun community. It's you know supportive, and we share in our struggles. We share in our wins. You know, there's recipes. There's you know advice. There's feedback. There's support. There's literally everything that you could ask for out of a community. And your environment is so important to your success. So I highly recommend joining us in the group. Um, today's topic for the training we're going to talk all about calorie calculators and macro calculators. Uh, really, I just want to present the full picture because i i feel like there's two camps as with everything and really in life you know we always tend to be on either side of the extreme for some reason we hate the gray area we hate the middle but the middle is usually where the answer lies or the truth lies so we've had we've got like the one end of the extreme which is like well you know, calorie and macro calculators are everything. And it's just a simple equation. If you just plug in your information and eat exactly what you're supposed to, you're going to make a lot of progress. That's the one side of the extreme. Then on the other side of the extreme, it's like you should never track anything. It's disordered. It's obsessive. It's crazy. Just never do it. Eat intuitively. And that's it. And I just want to present all of the information so that you can make the best decision for yourself because at the end of the day, that's what matters, what works for you as an individual. Um, the, The tricky part about calorie calculators and macro calculators is that they don't know who you are. So there's a lot of information that you can put into there. There's a lot of data in terms of your age, weight, height, sex, all of these different things, activity level, and you will get a number, um, you know, basically a calorie total. So 
just in case there's anybody who who's listening that doesn't really understand what I'm talking about, uh, you know, tracking macros or, or tracking calories is just a way of measuring how much food you're consuming. Uh, we consume food. The, the measurement, the unit of measurement for consuming food is a calorie, and then we can break down calories into macronutrients macro because we need them in large quantities. There's three categories of macronutrients and that's protein, carbs, and fats. The only other place that calories come from is alcohol. Some people call it the fourth macro, whether you refer to it as that or not, um, that's where our calories come from. Protein, carbs, fats, and alcohol. So tracking macros is basically a form of calorie counting where instead of just hitting a certain calorie total, you're actually hitting a total for each macro. So you're hitting a certain amount of grams of protein, grams of carbs, and grams of fats. I've done episodes on actual macro tracking, so I'm not going to go into the details. You can go back and listen uh, to those episodes of how to track macros uh, and, and learn all about it. But the reason why it works is just like any form of measurement, it allows us to be really specific. The analogy that I always give is it's like budgeting your accounts, like your check checkbook. Um, I don't think anybody really uses a checkbook anymore because everything's done online, but it's like budgeting your money. So if I wanted to know how much money I had um, to spend on something, I would probably want to know how much money I have coming in. So it's just looking at your, you know, debits, credits, you know, what's coming in, what's going out. And when we look at that, it's in terms of calories and macros, we can get a sense of one side of the equation in terms of the calories in versus calories out theory. Now, I also did an episode on why calories in versus calories out can be misleading. So I highly recommend you go back and listen to that episode as well. But for the sake of this episode, I want to talk about why these macro formulas that you can get online aren't really producing the results that you want and, and can be very, um, I'd just say like it's a slippery slope. Okay. So if you were to go on Google and you were to type in like, how many calories should I be eating in a day or just online calorie calculator or Google macro calculator, you'll get a bunch of free websites that will all have some kind of formula attached to them. Um, there's some some popular ones that you know kind of have become the gold standard, and the reality is that they all can work, but they all can not work. So it doesn't really matter what the number is. I'm going to talk about this as to to why you might need to think a little bit more about the numbers versus just blindly following those recommendations. Now, even if you were to use a tracking app like My Fitness Pal they would give you a recommendation on how many calories you can actually type in your weight loss goals and all of your information in terms of your age, your weight, your height, your sex, your activity level. And then my fitness pal will say, based off of your information and your goals and how quickly you want to lose weight, here is what we believe you should eat in terms of calories. And then you can take the macros and like change around the percentages and say, I want 40% protein and 30% carbs and 30% fats. And they'll tell you exactly how many grams to eat. So the reason why it can be effective is that, like I said, it gives you awareness. It gives you an opportunity to be specific, just like budgeting your finances. Like if we consider an individual who just eats whatever they want, 
is frustrated with gaining weight, but they have no idea how many calories are coming in. Well, creating awareness around that may allow them to make more informed decisions. So it's like, oh, wow, I didn't realize I was eating 4,000 calories a day. Maybe I should pay attention to some of my food choices and they might be able to make better choices and make some progress. Now, this is you know, an oversimplification, but for the most part, you know, that's kind of why it works. So like I mentioned, you know, this has kind of become almost like the gold standard of nutrition coaching and almost to a detriment because it really takes out the art of progress and really focuses just solely on a myopic formula that doesn't really account for the dynamic um, kind of situation of human beings. Like it doesn't account for the fact that we are human. It's only focusing on a single formula without focusing on all of the nuance, all of the individual nuance uh, based off of the fact that we're all different. We all have different life experiences, personalities, personal preferences, metabolisms, hormonal profiles, likes, dislikes, you know, relationships, jobs, lifestyles, all of that is unique to us. So trying to kind of package everything into a calculator in, in one simple formula is not super effective. And if it were, then we would have figured that out by now. We would see that in research. We would see that simply following macro equations leads to more success, which it doesn't. We haven't seen that um, displayed in research. It can work, but it's actually gone in the opposite direction in terms of dietary success. So what gives? If if macros are the gold standard and calories in versus calories out is the way to achieve weight loss, why ha- hasn't this solved all of our problems? So I want to explain this conceptually, but then also use a real life example. Um, you may have personal experience. I have personal experience with this. Like One of the things that I did when I was first starting uh, my fitness journey was, well, first I did this like crazy fitness challenge that was not tracking macros. It was just um, foods, like a food list, kind of like a meal plan, Uh, very restrictive, probably like 1600 calories. Then I found macros and I thought it was like the greatest thing in the world because the program was like, you can eat literally whatever you want, just as long as it fits your macros. And that to me was like, yes, sign me up because I had gone for so long with thinking, like I literally had a whole list of foods from the previous program that I did that I was not allowed to eat. So I would always like reference that. It was like a long list of foods. And I would always, I would go to the grocery store, literally would have that, my, my can eat, my can't eat list. And I would be like, all right, what am I ordering? What am I picking up from the grocery store? So finally it was like, Hey, everything is fair game as long as it fits your macros. So what happens is this program was actually a coaching program, but it was still just a formula. So I would enter my information, uh, you know, my age, my weight, my height, my goals, my activity level, everything. And then I would get this spreadsheet back and it was like, based off of your information, we recommend eating, you know, 1800 calories per day with 200 grams of protein and 60 grams of fat and, you know, whatever, 150 grams of carbs. And, and then from there, it was just, measure, track everything, and try to eat as close to those targets as possible. And I was using my fitness pal, and then I would go into their spreadsheet and I would enter all the information. And what would happen was one of two things. The coach would either tell me that I'm not being consistent enough, or 
would take away food. So if my weight, it was literally just based off of weight. I didn't enter any other information other than macros, how close I was to my targets and my weight. And if my weight was stagnant, then they would just reduce my numbers. And so I became super obsessed. Like I never wanted to get the answer of not being consistent enough. Like I didn't want that to ever be a problem, even though some weeks they would say that you're just not being consistent enough. So I was like hyper focused on hitting every macro as literally as close as I could. Um, you know, sometimes there's programs that will say, oh, well, you've got like a five to 10 gram cushion to hit your numbers. I was not okay with a five to 10 gram cushion. I was like one to two gram cushion. Like I wanted it to be perfect. And so I started not just obsessing over food choices, but like foods that were easily trackable. So like I never went out to eat uh, very rarely. I never, I stopped drinking. I stopped doing all of these things and it became a different form of restriction. Now it wasn't like I had a specific list of foods, but it was just, can I track this or not? And if not, I'm not going to eat it. Um, the problem is that when I would slip up, I would go crazy and binge. Um, and then I wouldn't tell the, the people. I would basically report back and be like, I don't know what's going on. I've been super consistent and nothing's happening. So I would start lying about the things that I was doing, which is obviously not a good sign. Um, and, and keep in mind that even though this was like a formula that I was, you know, I, I typed in my data, I was still actually communicating with a human um, in this program. So anyway, what happens most of the time is when you're not hitting your macros consistently and your weight is not dropping, most of those programs or calculators will say like either you're you're not consistent enough or you're eating too much. You're the problem, right? It's not the macros. The formula is fine. It's you. So if you are consistent, right, you end up getting, you know, you kind of going down this slippery slope of well, I'm consistent, but weight's not moving. So they take away more food or the calculator will say, you know, drop your calories by a certain amount. And what happens here is you run out of real estate very quickly. Now, what I mean by that is if you drop calories and then weight's still not moving and you drop calories again, like how low do you go? Let's say your original numbers are 1600, 1800 calories, and then you drop to 14 and 12 and a thousand. Like, where does it end? Are you going to be a 500 calorie a day person trying to survive? That really sucks. And that's not the answer that I would ever want someone to believe. So let's just look like take a big step back and look at the problem with this whole system of an online formula or a calculator. Who says that those numbers are right for you? You know, like this is a formula based off of data that has no insight into your life doesn't know anything about you as a person, literally just knows some objective data, nothing else, nothing else about your you know, personal preferences and your personality and your likes and dislikes and the things you enjoy doing and you know, your work or your personal life and your social life and your you know, anything, your emotional health, nothing has no insight into you as a dynamic human being, which I hope that you understand that's what you are. So who says those are the right numbers for you other than the formula? And then if you take those numbers, right, and you adjust the ratios, what if that was actually, what if it had nothing to do with the calorie total that, was, that you were struggling with, but what if it was the actual ratio? So I actually talked to somebody who was doing a program that is all about high carb, low fat 
very high carb, very low fat. And when this particular woman voiced her concern with not feeling great with really high carbs and prefers fats over carbs, they basically said, sorry, just follow the plan. Like this is the plan, stick to it. And she really struggled to stay consistent. And when she was struggling with consistency, it would take food away because they thought that it was the, the problem was she was eating or she was struggling to eat that much. The problem was she was struggling to eat that many carbs. But when you adjust the ratio, you can still have the same calorie total, but bring up fats and lower carbs. And she would have probably been much more consistent. Uh, so she was super frustrated with the fact that telling a company, telling a person who's supposed to be a, a human who understands how humans react saying that, you know, I don't care what your personal preferences are. This is how you have to follow. It doesn't make any sense to me. So their calculation gives a specific ratio, but what if consistency would be much easier with a different ratio? Okay. So now you can start to see how there's some holes in this approach. What if food choices made a difference? That's like, you know, the whole, if it fits your macros concept is really great in theory, but Food choices make a huge difference. So you could have, again, the same exact amount of calories and even the same macros, but just change the types of food that you're eating. And that can make a huge difference. Because if you even just think about it from a blood sugar standpoint, you might be able to have a certain meal composition and feel completely satiated with stable blood sugar and a different meal composition with different food choices where you're still hitting the same macros, but different food choices causes blood sugar irregularities, which causes more cravings and more hunger, which makes it more difficult to stay consistent. So how are we accounting for food choices there? Now, what most programs will say is just like, oh, we'll eat mostly quality foods, which is true, which is, you know, there's nothing wrong with that advice. But again, it doesn't factor in the individual because food choices can also be personal. You know, we look at that as, your personal preferences in terms of like, what do you actually enjoy eating? But then also what foods make you feel your best? And that's going to be different based off of the individual. So we can't just say quality foods. That's a blanket statement. You know, even though it's a fine blanket statement, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. But like, let's take it a step further and figure out what foods actually make you feel your best. And the, the number one, like underlying thing that kind of throws a wrench in the entire online formula is stress. It's stress, lack of sleep, kind of goes hand in hand because that disrupts so many different things when it comes to calories and and being consistent um, and and your hormone fluctuations. So I can give you a personal example right now. I did not sleep super well last night. So I watched the Super Bowl as I'm recording this. It's it's Monday after the Super Bowl. Um, I watched the Super Bowl, stayed up late, didn't sleep super well. And today I'm just feeling the effects. I'm not as energetic. I don't have as much clarity and focus. Um, I can just tell that I'm off. I'm not, I don't feel quite like myself. So how many calories are in stress or lack of sleep? You can't put a number on it, but it impacts things in terms of, I will be burning less calories today because of the fact that I didn't sleep well. Not only that, but hunger hormones fluctuate with stress and lack of sleep. So we see through research that, Graylin, your hunger hormone increases even with one night 
of disrupted sleep. And leptin, which is our satiety hormone, uh, decreases with stress and uh, one night of, of lack of sleep or disrupted sleep. So the other thing we have to look at is chronic stress. So what ha- so if you think about the stress response of you know anything in your life that is recurring stress, if it becomes chronic, your body responds the same way as if there was a lack of nutrients coming in. Even if you're eating enough food, chronic stress registers in the body as famine, as we are potentially starving because as we evolved, that was really the only chronic stress that we faced. Most stressors were acute, meaning it was like in the moment, fight or flight, deal with it, and then move on. The only chronic stressor was really famine, starvation. So our body still responds the same way. So we can actually be eating enough calories, but having a stress response that is registering famine. And the way that this comes up is you could be under chronic stress and eating very low calories and gaining weight because your body is in energy preservation mode. You can actually gain weight from too much stress, regardless of what your calorie intake in. So intake is. So the macro formula kind of falls flat um, when you start to you know, uh, you know, account for things like lack of sleep, stress. And again, not even getting into personal preference, not even talking about the nuance of each individual and that our metabolisms are all different and our personalities are all different and our lifestyles are all different. And, you know, all of that social life, all the things that I talked about. But if we just look at stress, lack of sleep, you know, how can we say that a simple formula is going to be the answer when your body will respond and, and kind of preserve energy as if there was famine or starvation, you know, this, this threat is happening, your body's going to fight for your survival. So it doesn't matter at that point, the formula could be the best formula in the world, but your body is still going to win and fight to keep you alive, which means keeping body fat on you, because that means you've got more energy in case of famine in case there's a lack of nutrients coming in. Body fat is simply stored energy. That's all it is. We burn calories. You know, We burn um, carbs and fats. Our metabolism's always running on carbs and fats at all times. So if, except when we drink alcohol, then it processes the alcohol first, and then it gets back to carbs and fat metabolism. But anyway, so when we have fat stored, that is energy that can be used and save us if there's a lack of food coming in. So that's why when we go super low calorie, sometimes it works against us. Now, here's the example where the calculator doesn't account for individual nuance and your individual situation. Let's say you're eating 1,500 calories a day. Let's just say that you've been doing that on your own through even if, if, even if it was lack of awareness, like you're not paying attention, you're not tracking anything, you're just eating the way that you normally do. And on average, it's 1,500 calories a day. And then you hear from somebody that macros, like you have to be tracking your macros. It's the gold standard. You got to do it. All right, cool. So you go to this online calculator, you punch in all of your numbers and you say, I want to lose you know, 20 pounds in six weeks or whatever. And then they spit out this number and they're like, based off of your information, you should be eating 1,400 calories a day. And you're like, oh, great. I'm going to finally get to where I want to be. 
but you were just eating 1500. Now you're only dropping a hundred calories. Do you think that that's going to make much of a difference? Absolutely not. That's only a hundred calorie difference. You're pretty much going to be staying the same because your body is going to quickly adapt to the hundred calorie reduction. And then you're going to be stuck again. And you're like, Hmm, what do I do? Well, typically most people would tell you eat less. So then you drop from 1400 to 1200. Now you're back in that same situation where you're eating super low. You're miserable. You're starving. You've got intense cravings, but you're trying to lose some weight. So maybe you ride it out for a little bit. Ultimately, your body fights back. You overindulge. You gain the weight back, and then you start back at square one. This is the pattern that so many people go through. And I want to, you know, present this in in terms of like a real life example because somebody reached out to me on Instagram the other day, and she wanted me to assess the macro calculator which the one that she used is actually one of my favorites because I'm also going to tell you how to use these effectively. So it's not all bad, but we need to talk about what not to do and then we'll get to what to do. Um, So she used a popular macro calculator, got her numbers. She wants to lose 30 pounds. She was giving herself a decent time frame, like six, seven months to get there. And the calculator told her to eat 1600 calories a day. Now, she was finding that 1600 calories per day was actually difficult based off of her background, chronic dieter, always was eating super low calories. So 1600 was actually an increase for her, which in this particular situation, I said, yes, you should absolutely do that because it's better. Like she was guessing that she averaged around 1300 calories per day prior to that and then was feeling stuck. So wanted to do the calculator and the calculator said 1600. So the point to all of this is the calculator doesn't know where you're coming from. The calculator had no idea that she was a chronic dieter, that she was eating 1300 calories per day and not making progress. Fortunately, 1600 is an increase, which is the direction that I would have told her to go increase because we go through a process called metabolic priming, which is where we want to give your body the fuel that it needs to feel safe and respond and let go of body fat. So that's actually like, just to give you another example, real life example, I just started a cut last Monday. That's after seven months of quote unquote metabolic priming, maintenance phase, whatever you want to call it. I like metabolic priming because it's literally priming your metabolism to respond the way that we want it to. So after going through seven months of eating an adequate amount and priming my metabolism, now I'm in a deficit, but my deficit is not that bad. It's actually very sustainable. Um, I don't have to be miserable. I can enjoy myself. Um, just even Saturday, we went out, we, we got dinner from a pizza place. I had some of a calzone. We had ice cream. Um, I enjoyed myself because that's part of having the flexibility of more calories. Now, for this particular individual that reached out to me on Instagram, um, she was eating 1300 calories. So the calculator is just going off of what the calculator knows, which is a formula, crunch the numbers. But the calculator doesn't know that she was coming in as a chronic dieter versus I'm coming in as somebody who just went through a metabolic priming phase. So maybe for me, the calculator would have been just fine in that instance. But again, what the calculator couldn't do for either of us is accommodate for our 
lifestyle and schedule and personal preferences. So in other words, the calculator doesn't know that I prefer more flexibility on the weekends. So it would just give me a number. Now I can take that number and manipulate it. But the point is that there's so many individual variances that we have to account for. Now take the chronic dieter example. She's going from 1300 calories to 1600 calories, which is unlikely that by increasing 300 calories, she's going to immediately lose 30 pounds. Now it's setting her up for success down the road. So that was really the message, which is you got to, you got to be patient. If you're coming in at very low calories and you are trying to lose body fat, you really only have one of two directions. I said, you can go from 1300 to a thousand and try to lose a little bit of weight and then your body will plateau again. And then you'll feel hungry and you'll get cravings and you'll have no energy and you'll hate, you'll hate life. And then you'll likely binge and then you'll likely put the weight back on. So that's option one. Option two is you have to be a little bit patient and actually go through this metabolic priming phase where you build your calories up now, you know, and then kind of look at the long-term play, which is even 1600 calories, which is her next step, which she was struggling to eat that much. Even 1600 calories would be a little bit challenging because I'm sorry, would be kind of a, a position where she's not going to make a ton of progress at 1600 calories because if she wanted to reduce calories again, she would be right back in her same starting point. So I said, the objective is to really find where your true maintenance is. Don't just hit the 1600 and expect everything to happen. You actually want to find out where you can get your maintenance to. So that is to kind of bring this all back to how do we use these numbers to our advantage? Well, that's really how it's a starting point. That's it. It can give you a starting point and nothing else. Don't look at it as the solution. Don't look at it as the gold standard. It knows nothing about you. It's just a formula. So if you take that number and you apply it, then we have to see how you respond. Then we have to see where to go from there. Because again, where are you coming in from? Are you coming in from eating too much or eating too little or eating at maintenance? You know, Once we know where your true maintenance is, then it becomes much more effective to go through the process of getting rid of body fat. So that this is, by the way, this is the process that we go through. We've done, you know, thousands of times and it just works because again, if you look at macros as just one single tool in the toolbox, right? One single tool, we get those numbers and then we apply it to your situation. And then we determine, do we need to go up or down? Um, then your body tells us whether we're on the right track. It's not that difficult to figure out, right? So for this individual who reached out to me, when she starts eating 1600 calories more consistently, what she'll find is that she has more energy, that she has more focus, that she feels more like herself, that her sleep is better, that she's a little bit less stressed, less cranky. Those signs will tell us that we're on the right track. And then we can continue to increase calories until her weight is at a point of like, we want to stay weight stable through that process. A lot of people are afraid of eating more because they don't want to gain fat, which is totally understandable. That was my reality for a long time. It's the reason why I was a chronic dieter. Literally, that's it. The reason why I was a chronic dieter was because I was afraid to eat more 
because I didn't want to gain body fat. That was it. Anytime I saw the scale go up, even just a couple of pounds, I was like, nope, not doing this. I'm cutting out calories again. And what I had to realize was that it didn't work for years. I had to learn that lesson over and over and over again until it finally registered like, hey, if this was going to work, you would be where you want to be right now. And you're not. You're back at square one. So like, why don't we just think about things a little bit differently? The objective when you're finding your true maintenance, not what a calculator tells you that your maintenance is, but your true maintenance. Because again, the, the calculator doesn't know your situation. Our metabolisms are all different. So even if you have somebody that's identical to you, you're still going to have different maintenance points. So your true maintenance, we actually have to do that through finding it in real life, like not theoretically, but actually. So we have a starting point. You can put in what your maintenance is into a calculator, get a number. That's your starting point. Depends on where you're coming in from. I don't recommend making these like huge leaps. In other words, if you're eating 1300 calories a day, and the calculator tells you that your maintenance should be 2200 don't just go from 13 to 2200 go incrementally so that you can keep weight pretty stable now there's going to be a natural increase based off of more food in your system and more water retention not in a bad way that's just what happens especially with carbs carbohydrate they they bring in uh, for every gram you're, you're, of carbs, you're going to bring in basically around three grams of water. Um, it's not the biggest deal in the world. It's, it's a good thing. It's hydrating your muscles, it's hydrating your body, but it will show up on the scale. So if you have a little bit more food in your system and a little bit more water, that's going to show up on the scale. But anywhere between like two to five pounds in that range, on average, daily fluctuations are totally normal. That's going to happen. But on average, if you look at week over week, things are staying pretty stable. Another thing that's important is you have to pay attention to body composition because one of the things that the woman who DM'd me told me was that when she increased her calories from 1300 to 1600, even though she felt like she was eating, like it was hard for her to eat that much and the scale wasn't moving, she said that her pictures were showing improvements in her body composition. So, so it was actually working because she was closing the stress gap uh, between you know where her true maintenance is, like going to 1300 calories was just probably causing too much stress on her system and her body was holding on, fighting back. By closing that gap, by eating a little bit more, her body started responding. And typically you're going to see like you can see body comp changes before the scale actually moves. Um, there's a scientific reason for that, but it's not really worth explaining. But the basic gist is that um, in our adipose tissue, the actual fat cells, even when fat is removed from the cell and you lose it, you will the cell will replace that with water so the weight can be the same. And then you end up kind of flushing it out over time um, which when the fat cell then releases the water, that's typically when you'll see the scale go down. So it's not like it happens exactly in that moment that the scale drops. But anyway, not the point. The point is that we have to pay attention to different metrics and not just the scale. It's just one data point, just like macros are one data point. The scale is also just one data point. So we want to use these things um, instead of abuse them or be used by them. Um, so the objective then is to find your true maintenance and use that, um, you know, measurements, pictures, uh, weight averages over time. And then 
once you get to a point where if you're outside of that two to five pound range, then you can hold steady and make sure that you're getting to a point where weight is super stable over a two to three week period. At that point, you're in a good position. You're, you're back at that true maintenance and it might be close to what the calculator tells you, but it might not be. Uh, you know, there might be, a, you know, depending again on hormonal profile, lifestyle, uh, you know, everything that you've got going on in your life in terms of stress, sleep quality, work-life balance, all these different things will play a role. So it doesn't matter how close it is to a uh, prediction. What matters is what's real. So we actually want to go through that process. That whole metabolic priming process is what allows for the best level of long-term success because you're putting your metabolism in a good spot to continue to respond the way that you want it to. You're not sending a message that there is a threat on the system. You're actually sending the opposite message, which is we are safe. Everything is fine. Now, there's other things that we have to pay attention to, but that's the, the basic gist is that if we can prime your metabolism and put you in a good position to respond, then you'll be much happier losing body fat on higher calories and having more, um, you know, having more flexibility and freedom. So when it comes to presenting a macro formula or ratio, it really does help to have the art of a coach who knows what they're doing, who can account for those individual nuances, the stressors, the lifestyle, personal preferences, personality, and choosing the right types of food that will make you feel your best. Like so, so often we overlook that. I think there's a study that I've mentioned on here a number of times, but it's worth saying again, which is there was a study that showed that you had a group and one group ate the exact same. So both groups ate the exact same macro um, meals, exact same macro meals total. One group had it from high quality foods. The other group had it from highly processed foods. And the group that had the high quality foods burned 50% more calories per day, just through movement. They just naturally burned more by eating higher quality foods. So the types of food matters and, and the personal preferences in terms of how certain foods make you feel. So it does help to have somebody who understands the art versus just plugging in numbers into a calculator. Now, I understand that not everybody has the luxury of working with a coach. Um, however, I highly recommend it because it takes all of the guessing game out of it. You, know, you don't have to worry about just a, a simple formula. We can actually get deep into the nuance and understand your situation um, and come up with the best path for you as an individual, which is something, like I said, we've done this thousands of times and it's kind of this tried and true process. So like that part of it, the macro part of it is one of the things that we do work through with our one-on-one -on -one coaching clients. Um, we do have some clients who prefer not to track, which is totally fine. Again, like I said, macros are just one tool in the toolbox. We can use different strategies. We can take an intuitive approach. We can use more of a eyeballing approach or how to build your plate and kind of give you a framework that works for your situation. But for the most part, you know, if there's some combination of tracking and intuitive, a lot of people fall in the middle, like how I do. I like to track some days and not others. A lot of people find that the gray area is actually where they have the most success. But we we kind of use what works best for the individual. Then what we do is we uh, we look at food choices that make you feel your best. So 
wanting you to have more sustained energy, more focus, more mental clarity, more mood stability. Um, that is going to lead to more consistency. And again, this is a recurring theme, less stress overall in your system because even you know, food quality can be a stressor, with, whether it's from like highly processed foods that are causing inflammation or blood sugar irregularities like I talked about earlier. Like Those can be stressors that prevent progress. So we help with what's the best, you know, the best food choices for you, including foods that you enjoy, right? Like we want this to be sustainable. Then we can also look at um, aligning food choices with training and lifestyle. So, you know, are you somebody like the person I talked about who was on that high carb, low fat plan who was miserable doing that? Well, for that person, we're not going to do a high carb, low fat plan because we know that's not going to work. So we look at personal preferences. We look at how you're training, your lifestyle, what makes the most sense for you. Um, and we can make adjustments based off of all of those things. And from a training perspective, we want to make sure that you're fueling appropriately. We want to make sure that you're recovering appropriately. And yes, hopefully you guessed it, less stress because exercise is a stressor. As much as we love doing it, to have like our own time for ourselves. And it can be, you know, a long-term stress reliefs, but in the acute sense, it is a stressor. So we do have to consider nutrition to help recover, to help put less stress on the system from training, which will allow you to maintain your muscle, improve body composition, lose fat more effectively. All of these things contribute to achieving, you know, those ultimate goals. And then, you know, we want the plan to feel natural in terms of like, you know, a lot of people get hung up on fasting. If, it, if fasting doesn't work for your lifestyle, if it doesn't work for your schedule, if it leads to more hunger down the road, then it's not worth doing. There's nothing magical about it. The lifestyle part of it means that this should feel natural. It should feel like something that you can do for life, your lifestyle. Like the, It should be in total alignment with what you want to do in life, your, your schedule, your work life, your social life, your personal preferences. Again, this is supposed to be fun. If you are supporting your body, you are supporting your health, you are pursuing you know, your, your fitness goals, that should feel good. That should feel enjoyable. For so long, we've been conditioned into believing that progress and misery go hand in hand, which is just ridiculous. Like if you are achieving your goals, that should feel really good. That should not feel like restriction. That should not feel like deprivation. That should not feel like misery. You know, making progress should feel good. It should be fun. We actually prefer to build that into the process right from the start. Like, how often do you go on date nights? How often do you drink alcohol? That was one of the things that Mel and I were taking a walk today and we're both on a cut and we were talking about it. You know, what do you want to do for date night? Like, this is part of the process, even though we are cutting back on certain things to get this over with quickly, because the objective is just to get in and out. But we still want to have those moments. We still want to have the food that we enjoy. We're still going to have our sushi dates. We're still going to have you know things that are part of the overall lifestyle approach that allows us to get leaner while enjoying the process. Um, and then, yes, like the macros provide a guide. We can use them as a tool for you know for certain individuals. Like I mentioned, for some it can actually add stress. For others, it's really you know they love it. They they do it every day, and like it it's just part of what they do to take control. But 
the most important thing is like we have to monitor how each individual responds. So we monitor daily stressors. We monitor things like biofeedback, your hunger signals, your energy, your cravings, you know, so that we can, you know, make changes as needed. We can see through objective and subjective data what's working and, and what needs to change. So pretty much everything that I just outlined in that process is exactly what we do when we're working with one-on-one clients through our six-month program. This is like our our high-level, highly integrated um, coaching program. It is super effective. Like typically on average, we'll see clients lose between 20 to 30 pounds. But again, that's just the average. We have some that lose more. We have some that lose less because some people have to go through a longer metabolic priming phase depending on where you're coming from. So we typically do really well with individuals who have struggled with failed diets in the past, who feel like they've been working really hard and just not making the progress that they want and typically go through periods of restriction and deprivation followed by overindulgences or binges like that. Just because that's so close to my story, I feel like that's the reason why we typically work well with people coming from a similar background because I know how to get out of that cycle. I like we've I've been there. I know the feelings. I know how to avoid that. I know how to avoid the same pitfalls that I made. So that seems to be who's the best fit. It definitely helps if you already have a training routine in place. Although we will give recommendations if you're bored with your training or if you need a different program, we will absolutely give recommendations or programs, whatever, um, to kind of upgrade your training. Um, it also helps if you do have a base level of understanding of quality nutrition, just because there's not really a learning curve in terms of like teaching, you know, macros and all of that stuff. If you've, you know, like I said, typically the people that we work with have done a bunch of diets in the past, have usually have gone through some sort of macro tracking or online calculator or program that claimed to be personalized, but it was really just a glorified macro calculator. All of those things, like typically we work really well with. Um, it just, there's less of a learning curve. And those individuals truly understand like how incredibly valuable it is to have the lifelong solution, to have the sustainability, to feel like this is something that finally works after all of the years of frustration. Um, so, so that's kind of you know who it's for, what we do, how long it is. Um, hopefully that helps give you some insight into our process. And for those of you that are interested, um, feel free to shoot me a message. Facebook or Instagram, either one is totally fine. Just a private message or a DM. Uh, and just let me know that you're interested in our signature coaching program. The way that the process works is you send me a message. I say, great. So glad you reached out. I have a few questions for you to make sure it's the right fit. And then one of two things happens. Either you answer the questions and I invite you into the program. If you answer correctly, I shouldn't say correctly. If you answer in a way that's the right fit for what we do. If you don't, I will tell you. Either way, I'll tell you why it's a fit or why it's not a fit. If it's not, then I will tell you where I think you should go. I'll still give you um, a recommendation on what my suggestion would be on next steps, just to to make sure that you've got some direction. And if it is a fit, like I said, I invite you into the program. And then if we move forward, we get enrolled within a day or two and then get started. Um, and it is a pretty amazing program. Um, 
hopefully you guys have seen just through testimonials and the things that we've been able to accomplish. But um, I, I couldn't be more proud of, of what we've been able to do. Anyway, um, if you think you may be the right fit, just shoot me a message on Instagram or Facebook. Um, guys, if you have any questions at all, please let me know. Just comment, uh, send me a message. I'm always happy to answer questions. Like I said, if nothing else, I will at least point you in the right direction. So there's no harm in just reaching out and asking your questions. But thank you as always for tuning in. I super, super appreciate it. And I will talk to you guys next time.